And now, what it really means with your hosts, Brad Shepard and Paul Harrell. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is June 30th, 2021. Of course, I'm your host, Brad Shepard, along with my co-host each and every week, Paul Harrell. Paul, how's it going? It's going great, Brad. I know we got a lot to talk about tonight, but uh, I have in my hands, I actually printed something off, uh, which is a... <laughs> It's a resignation letter from a um, Daniel uh, Concanon, and it's uh, one of the most <laughs> brutal and based resignation letters. Of course, he's resigning over uh, him, really over the school district of Manchester being racist and talking about uh, you know his white privilege and what they're indoctrinating the staff and the students with. It is something to behold. Well, I know we're going to cover it later, but... Um, it's not every day I get uh, to put something new on my refrigerator. This is one of those days. Let's jump right in and let, let's talk about it because this okay. this is what we need to see more of. From what at least I've seen of it, we need parents to take a stand. I want to hear what he had to say. Okay, so so this guy, <laughs> the whole letter is something to behold. So it's the Manchester School District, and he he put the logo the Manchester School District logo on his resignation letter uh, at the very top, but then he added Manchester School District anti-white exclamation point. Uh, it's addressed to uh, Tom McGee, uh, Manchester School District, a.k.a. the Temple of Equity uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, and then it's CC'd <laughs> Superintendent John Goldhart, Chief Equity Officer, LOL, Mary Steady, HR Director, Christopher Cody, Board of School Committee. And then he addresses McGee as Human Wedgie McGee. I hereby resign as the uh, 21st Century uh, Site Coordinator in light of the Frankfurt School Manchester School District's endorsement of the dehumanization and hatred of white people as evidenced by their dissemination of the imbecilic white privilege curriculum presented by the intellectual titans at Learning for Justice, an organization founded by America's eternal arbiters of truth and morality, the Southern Poverty Law Center, where senior fellow Mark Potok's office is decorated with celebratory charts of the declining percentage of white people in the United States and Europe. Despite the Manchester School District's inability to abide by its own anti-harassment policy and the complete lack of respect and procedure Manchester School District is owed in return, I will honor my obligation to provide two weeks' notice. Surely, though, in the interest of the greater good of humanity, Manchester School District will unburden itself of my unendurable whiteness by exercising its discretion to, quote, excuse an employee from such notice and relieve an employee from his or her position immediately. Whoa, seriously, his or her? OMG, wow, just wow, I can't even. How is Manchester School District still operating in this archaic binary? Oh, where, oh, where is the equity? As a trans-feminine, spectrosexual, non-libidoist, uh, Subaru Forester Basset Hound hybrid, with a mixtape of surgical errors for genitals, I am non-binarily outraged at Manchester School District's stunning failure at inclusivity of soft butch, uh, stone butch, uh, panoramic, gender dormant, 
uh, cupiosexual, trigender, polygender, demigender, and left of gender peoples, and I call for the resignation and immediate gender reassignment surgery of Superintendent Goldhart, Chief <laughs> Equity Officer, LMAO, steady, and all other district administrators and board of school committee members responsible for this wanton toxicity that, though obviously acceptable to treat mere cis-normative whites with, is supposed to be spared those that share fellowship in the cultural revolution, adopt abstract and performative identities, and list pronouns after their names. How absolutely dare you, yours, yourself. In closing, I wish the Trotsky disciples of Manchester School District nothing but failure in their ongoing quest for civilizational degradation. I leave you with the only verbal response befitting any attempt at anti-white indoctrination. F you. Diversely, equitably, and inclusively yours, Daniel Concanon. Back to you, Brad. Why don't we have more parents standing up like that? You don't have to be a school official. We need to call critical race theory what it is. Ultimately, that name is a cover for what it really means. What critical race theory really means is anti-white and anti-American. Now, we know that, and we've talked about that forever on this show. But being able to actually call that out publicly is what we need to do. We need to set the tone and the standard. So I love this because this is a school official saying, no, I will not compromise what you're doing for a paycheck in, in this school district. We need more patriots to stand up to this. Uh, this guy is a hero. Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. He, he is a hero. He's, you know, willing to quit his job, willing to, uh, for his career to take a hit, especially, you know, in the area where he lives in, in New Hampshire. And, uh, I mean, he did it eloquently. And I'm sure those on the left and those who have bought into the anti-white critical race theory would just say, oh, what an example of your white privilege and whiteness, um, you know, because he, he wrote such a letter and he's so offended by what is blatant racism, uh, anti-white racism, which is a term I'll admittedly say that I was, uh, I mean, uncomfortable using for for a time. And just because it goes to show you how well their uh their their indoctrination their choice architecture and their command over the words that are acceptable to use and, and what they put out there has worked how how much the indoctrination the brainwashing has worked where we're not able or we feel bad when we're accurately articulating what we're seeing yeah. on a on a day-to-day -day basis and what is happening here and it's it is very much alarming and we've talked to you about Googling, uh, you know, South African, you know, white farmers before and everything else. Don't Google it, though. You're going to need to use a different search engine if you want to find anything. But I digress. Brad, it's an excellent letter. Um, you know, it's excellently written and uh, it, it shows the absurdity of the left, and especially when he used the in, in their own in their own um, the own uh, employer manual when it says his or her when talking about an employee giving their two weeks notice and he. He points out that that's that's not right of them based on their own flawed logic, their own what they're trying to push down everybody's throat. So, yeah, it was uh, it certainly stuck out to me. And you got to feel for this guy who's willing to stand up to your point. We need more people like him. We need more parents. I know the parents are standing up to critical race theory 
at school boards all across the country. We need more of them. It's actually driving the left nuts. I saw a great meme on this, by the way, on the critical race theory and the parents and the school boards and everything that you're seeing. And the left is like the the right, the conservative right uh, are making too big of a deal out of critical race theory. It's not that big of a deal. And then you say, okay, well, then we're not going to teach it then. We just we just won't teach it then. And then they freak out. And they're like, what do you mean you won't teach it? You know, so it is a big deal to them. Oh, it absolutely is. And he actually says we must forcefully reject everything that they attempt to foist upon us every single time that they attempt to do it. We must not comply with their sickness, he said. He's absolutely right. And he was willing to walk away from a position he had had for seven years to stand up for what was right and hold the school district, his employer, accountable. So again, I think he's a hero. And I think what we're starting to see, Paul, is a movement against, you know, this sort of anti-white, anti-American divisive rhetoric coming from the Marxist left. And I think that's a that's a good thing. We're starting to see it, but we we have to be relentless in our pursuit of getting rid of this forever. Oh, you're exactly right. And it's and it's kind of twofold. People are waking up with with, the, you know, the LGBTQ RSTLNE. Would you like to buy Val Mafia as well? They're they're what they're doing to our kids as well. It's it's twofold. I, I think the majority like, for example, um, in my own hometown, the public library here recent, recently peddled uh, debauchery uh, to children with their, you know, their books and stuff uh, during gay pride month or whatever they want to call it. And, you know, parents have written to the, the local publication. Uh, but, I mean, you know, My Two Moms, the Gay BCs, uh, there's a book. This is in my own town in Arkansas. Uh, gender is based on whether a person feels, acts, or dresses like a boy or a girl and reinforces the gender stereotypes. Let's see here. Another book uh, for young children teaches children that when babies are born, we just have to guess whether or not they're boys or girls. I mean, this is all on display, right? Indoctrination of children. And the reason they're doing this here and they're doing it with CRT anti-white stuff in our schools is because you and me, Brad, and the rest, I think the majority of the American people are rejecting this. So their response is to try to recruit the next generation. And so they, the left are coming for our kids. They are at the gate for our children. And so it's up to us as parents and as responsible citizens that want to pr protect the most vulnerable kids who who don't need to have any kind of political agenda shoved down their their throats, especially one so immoral like the sexual debauchery and, and the LGBTQ community, what they're doing community. See, there I go again, Brad. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all rejecting this. And uh, and in response, they're coming after our kids. And you talk about the LGBTQ, classification and yeah, I didn't say community uh, but it's it's everywhere now including the NFL uh, believe it or not I was uh, scrolling through Twitter when I saw a TMZ article and it says NFL releases powerful video football is gay no, it's not a joke. The NFL is making it clear it stands firmly with the LGBTQ plus community, releasing a powerful video Monday that featured the message 
football is gay. That's right. It's a 30-second clip where it says football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Football is queer. Football is life. Football is transgender. Football is bisexual. Football is for everyone. Are you just, I feel like that anchorman, are you just <laughs> looking at uh, looking around at different things in our culture and putting football next to them? I mean, is, is that what they're doing? Uh, you know, uh, how can football be lesbian? Like, that's that's not a thing yet, right? Uh, <laughs> but I always did when I played football. I was never the quarterback, and I was never the center. But if there is anything gay in football, it's certainly uh, – <laughs> Being under center. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's a little suspect that that particular position. But you know, it, it's again as we talk about this, the audience for football is overwhelmingly not the LGBTQ plus classification. It's right. It's typically straight men. And there are some women and some family aspects as well. But overwhelmingly, your audience is going to be heterosexual men. So naturally, what do they do? They go out of their way to say, hey, football is gay. Well, that's sure going to make Johnny want to crack open a beer and watch some pigskin on a Sunday night. And I mean, what about the players? You know, they've got to just come on. The majority of NFL players have got to be like, wait a second. The NFL did what? And oh, you know yeah. they're not going to say anything because they don't want to risk their career. But honestly, this kind of goes right back to this teacher. They should. All of you NFL players, you big macho, you know, athletes, you specimens. All everyone. I mean, if, if you got a problem with this, you 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 can't stay in this organization. And I know that's like crazy. Well, what do you mean you'd walk away from all that money? Hey, at some point, at some point, we got to say enough's enough. You know. I mean, you got all these people that'll take a knee for the American flag and the national. But, yeah. but when it comes to uh, back to what I was talking about earlier, what about the children that are seeing this? I mean, we we are really missing, uh, you know, they, they, they're doing this. The NFL doing this, thinking they have the moral high ground by making an ad like that. That's what's so crazy. You talk about you talk about immoral. They are literally calling evil good and good evil. And so if you're an NFL player, I just you just got to wonder, I mean, will there be any of them that stand up? They're propping these players up to, you know, to support that. And, you know, I think just socially, a lot of them would not agree with that message. Um, and it's not again, it's not that they would have a problem necessarily with having a gay teammate, even. It's just the presentation of this LGBTQ agenda. Right. So I think they would have a, overwhelmingly a problem with that. And frankly, yeah, I'm sure some of them would have a problem with a gay teammate, too. But really, it is that LGBTQ agenda that we're talking about here. And a lot of this, it really, including this NFL uh, 30 second ad stemmed from the Las Vegas Raiders pass rusher, Carl Nassib. He's third string. You know, he's third string. He's, you know, in several years, he's on his third team. So uh, now he's come out as gay and, uh, you know, that that'll be great for his, um, you know, I think the Raiders, they just signed a couple of pass rushers or drafted them. Right. So now his, his competition is, is ultra tight. I'm not saying his agent told him to do it, but 
uh, pretty convenient that within the next year or two, he'll have a, I believe, a contract come up. He, and he's what position does this guy play? Who came he's, out? He, yeah, he's a pass rusher on uh, on defense. Oh, okay. so he's They're not rushing a the quarterback. He, no, oh. he's not a center or a tight end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or, or a wide receiver. Let's see how many jokes we can fit in here. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Major League Baseball hasn't done this, so you know, so we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go to the other, the other, the, the you know that one position. That okay. So uh, <laughs> what I was going to say on this is I completely forgot, honestly, because I got too locked up in the metaphor. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's very interesting. It's very convenient timing, I think, um, for uh, Carl Nassib to come out as gay. Frankly, I don't know why he had to come out as gay. I mean, if he wanted to tell his teammates and coaching staff. Um, you know, and I understand, I think they knew or may have known like, that's fine. Right. That's whatever. If you, you want to do that, because perhaps you are close enough with these players, you talk about personal lives or you go out or things like that. I get that. But to make this big announcement, um, you know, of your sexuality, like, are, are you expecting to come back to a parade or something in your hometown? Like, I, I don't get the agenda. And I know everyone's saying, well, now it makes it easier to come out as gay. You know, they had Michael Sam, but Michael Sam was really not a very good football player. So he, right. he got cut on the practice squad. China. OK, so we know these professional sports cabals and we know the relationship with the communist Chinese. So my question is this. Are the communist Chinese happy with that ad that the NFL is gay or are they unhappy with it? And I think you and I both know because they want to demoralize the American population they want us to assume that they're that even though we're the majority of school of thought, we're being told that we're the minority and that there's something wrong with us when we have a problem with this. So you also have to recognize that that ad is is because the NFL, along with the other professional sporting organizations, uh, have sold their American uh, ideology out for the ideology of the communist Chinese. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the communist Chinese, they're not a tolerant group, right? Uh, there, there isn't a whole lot of biracial in China. You know, they, they have their walls. They have their borders. Try sneaking across China's border. You know, uh, try going against their, their way of life or try violating one of their laws. Um, they're not a, a tolerant bunch. They're a deadly communist regime. And, you know, they have mastered using the sensitive topics in society against us and yes and it is worked to perfection it it's frankly impressive um it, it is and pathetic at the same time yeah yeah no no they see they don't support they don't support the kind of immoral behavior that all of our media and every mainstream institution you know from sports to hollywood are peddling on us but they support the the decline of our civilization and so that's benefit. why yeah, to, to, for totally their benefit. That's what this is. This is, uh, this is a culture war, but it's being funded by the communist Chinese. Yeah, we have got to bring the Chinese Communist Party to heel. On his TV show, Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News. This was on Monday evening show, where he made a pretty big reveal. I'm going to play the clip. And then I'll get your instant reaction, Paul. Take a listen. 
But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning we filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear much back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies, and they should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. If they are doing it to us, and again, they are definitely doing it to us, they are almost certainly doing it to others. This is scary, and we need to stop it right away. Wow. That is that is huge news, and it is uh, you know, good for Tucker. First of all, I think that confirms. I mean, I, I haven't always – I'm generally a fan of Tucker Carlson. Obviously, during the election, uh, I was you know disappointed with some things here and there during the aftermath of the stolen election. But um, they clearly see him as a giant threat. And, and because, I mean, honestly, Tucker stands out not just on Fox, but, uh, you know, or not just on network news, but on, on Fox. Like he's he's telling truths that uh, just really they cut across the grain of both political parties, both establishments, the uniparty, if you will, in a lot of respects. And so it's no no surprise that they're targeting him. I mean, look, we know the NSA has these capabilities, the FBI, we know what they did to Trump, which, you know, is, is also, uh, the, you know, the CIA is implicated. The, 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 like you said, the entire intelligence apparatus, um, we knew with the Snowden leaks, I mean, my goodness, before Snowden, uh, back in 2012, Wired magazine had an article about the Utah data center. And, uh, cause I remember I covered this in two, in 2012, I believe it was 2012, this Wired Magazine article, this, in, this I mean, it was extensive, the, the size of the facility, the cooling tanks, everything they needed. They, they were recording everything that was uh, that was being said out there, including our communications, just in case you ever did do something wrong. They could go back and, and look at, you know, what else you did. And then a year later, Edward Snowden confirmed the whole thing and told us it was even worse, told us uh, programs like X Keyscore that actually monitor the strokes that you make on your keyboard and record them. So if you were to type something out, you don't quite like it in backspace. They know what you were trying to say originally, uh, you know, just really invasive stuff. And if they're turning that against Tucker Carlson, my goodness, the, he must be a big threat, Brad. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, you know, it, it really is a validation uh, that Tucker is at the tip of the spear right now and, and is someone that we should all be listening to, Right. Uh, because if he wasn't, if he was an establishment hack, if he, you know, was portraying something he's not, they would not be doing that. Well, you know, he 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 
amplified the revolver story. So what you have here, you've got the revolver story that breaks that the FBI, uh, you know, essentially is, uh, uh, you know, they were running, they were responsible for January 6th in a major way uh, that cuts against the entire narrative. And then Tucker Carlson amplifies the revolver story. And now you even have uh, the, uh, the Epoch Times that are, you know, reporting on it as well. They're saying that they might not have been FBI agents. They were FBI informants. Regardless, you had the government and you had people connected with the FBI that were telling everybody to storm the Capitol or, quote, lowercase s, storm the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's, you know, Darren Beatty right now. And, you know, I think Steve Bannon in a lot of ways. And, of course, Tucker Carlson are three people who are really such important voices in in our movement our america first movement and and they they do not like that right i mean we go back to the obama administration as we've talked about paul this is this was not uh this is not unforeseen territory the obama administration did this joe and barack did this before targeting conservatives although now it's on steroids now they are taking it to a next level and and we know they're doing it to opposition journalists now uh, so this is really scary stuff. And it makes you wonder, uh, what is the NSA doing to ordinary Americans who agree with Tucker Carlson, who maybe watch his show? Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a podcast. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is crazy. This is un-American. And you have to wonder, where does this abuse of our rights end? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just looking at this, I'm reminded. So I, th- th- this was like the first time that I saw this story. You just brought it up to me. Tucker Carlson accuses NSA of spying on him. But it just dawned on me that back in July of last year, Tucker Carlson's top writer resigned after posting, uh, according, this is CNN, so take it with a grain of salt, uh, secretly posting racist and sexist remarks uh, on, in an online forum. OK, now, when this happened, people were, I was just like, OK, so they went after one of his writers. His writer said some stuff that he, I don't know what he said. Um, looks like he said some said the N word and something like that. Something about LASIK eye surgery. I don't know. Anyway, whatever he said. So he quit. And the dawn on me at the time, I was like, well, I mean, he could still easily write for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like if he was an integral part of the show. Carlson could just, you know, pay him as a contractor or something and nobody would ever know. And so who's to say that some of the stuff they have, the NSA has, is they're trying to out him as still using this writer who has said these racist things online. And, uh, you know, a, a company like Fox would feel the pressure and they would use that as an excuse to get rid of him 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we know about Fox. I mean, it's not like Fox are... are um you know, uh, it's a, it's not a Trump supporting channel. You know, they actually, you know, Donald Trump had his big rally in Ohio and Fox News did not cover it live. So what what really is there to say? In fact, um, OANN covered it live. Uh, there really weren't many people. I think Newsmax did cover it live. But that's it. I haven't verified this, but Mike Lindell I mean, I know that Mike Lindell was on with, uh, you know, with Bannon Monday morning. So back on the 28th and uh, he, and Lindell was saying what a success it was, you know, massive amounts of people. The overflow crowd behind the cameras was huge. The photos that I saw. Yeah. But Lindell said he, he noted there were 
international reporters from across the globe that were there and they were interviewing him and the other people close to Trump. And they were talking about the fraudulent election, according to him. Meaning, you know, our press is obviously not touching it with a 10 foot pole. They're going after people that still doubt it. They're calling all of us conspiracy theorists because we, you know, believe our own eyes. But the international media are reporting at, at, you know, they're reporting that there are large majorities of Americans that believe Donald Trump actually won the presidency. And I just I found that I found Mike Lindell. Again, I haven't seen the headlines from the international media. I'm just taking his word for it. But according to him, you know, there's a lot there's a it just it makes me think that, I mean, we are living in in serfdom here because our media is just so corrupt. The whole thing is just completely startling. There was this, I guess, this talking point, you know, that Trump would be going to prison. You know, was well, it's not Hillary, it's not Cuomo, it's Trump. Trump. Yeah, so the left had really been eating up that talking point after they heard the Manhattan DA, for political reasons, of course, wanted to try to prosecute Donald Trump. However, uh, news came out that that would not be happening on Monday, uh, triggering the left. So if that doesn't stop Donald Trump from running, Donald Trump has got the rallies going again. It could get very interesting, you know, if he decides to run. Now, you got Mike Pence, who (laughs) did another speech. This guy, damn it, man. I mean, he did another speech where he said he did the right thing and he's proud of what he did. As far as accepting the results of the election when they went to count the electors, I mean, this guy just does not get it at all. He is a tool of the establishment. He is controlled opposition. Yeah. You know, that has become completely clear. It's like every last little vestige that I have of like agreeing mentally or intellectually with the establishment part, which is not much, but like little things like like. Like like little things that I I now I now reject and I'm so mad at myself for going along with with Mike Pence it was, well you know I mean Trump isn't your traditional president you know he does say things that blah 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 I mean even things that I I mean that I love things that I mean I I I absolutely loved what the president was doing, but you know for all those people that didn't it's like well you know Pence comes across more like he showed up to the casting call to play the president of the United States on some new NBC drama. And so, yeah, you know, he can make people feel like things are a little bit more predictable and, you know, a more traditional American president, blah, 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 blah. I hate myself for buying into that line of thinking. I, I, I'm to the point where I can't stand that, you know, I thought, oh, well, here's Pence, you know, he can provide that even keel uh, to, to some of the people that, you know, aren't on board with the way Trump's running things. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, for it was sure. just so stupid, you know, I, but I mean, I, that's that was my opinion, you know, not too long ago. And, and this guy, when he when we needed him the most, he sold us out, man. Yeah, I think that's how the establishment wins. You know, that strategy of putting forth people like that, because you look at it at face value. Yeah, Donald Trump, he, Trump was like a tornado, right, when he first came in. And it was like, you know, he picks Pence, who, you know, I wasn't a real big fan of. But Pence was a guy who, like you said, he was articulate. He had a high emotional IQ. And you could put him out there. He didn't say the sort of things that Donald Trump did. He was like 
the guy that kind of made voting for Trump acceptable because the boomers weren't as offended by him. Right. So it was kind of like, you know, it, um, it complemented the Trump ticket. So I, I totally understood that. But you're right. Uh, that's how we've all been fooled. Uh, we've been fooled into this false sense of security or meaning of what it means to have a president. And, you know, the president, he has to be presidential. No one can really tell you what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, it means lying to you. Right. I mean, That's you know, what it means. Yeah, it, it means it means, you know, being able to good, give a good speech, claiming that you're a moral person when you're really immoral person. In Obama's case, let's say, you know, you're secretly running a false flag gun operation on the border called Fast and Furious when you're, you know, you're trying to take everyone's guns away at the border. You know, if you need to go back to Clinton, we know what that or go back to George H.W. Bush. I mean, just just think of all of the things. And it's all a giant act. It's all a Wizard of Oz type act. And that's what people really mean by that. They almost they want to be fooled. And um, it's 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 crazy how people want to be lied to. They really don't want the truth. Yeah, they just want to be comforted and coddled. Absolutely. And I think Donald Trump exposed that in a major way. Uh, You can have your five dollar gas. And your uh, outrageously expensive lumber. Um, but, you know, we don't have to deal with mean tweets from the president. So it's OK. <laughs> and, and, and also kind of bridging off what we talked about last night. I sent you this meme, Brad, where there are these two conservatives. It's a cartoon where there are these two conservatives who are, you know, in a in a firing line about to be shot by a firing squad, right? And so in one guy's already dead on the ground and the other turn, one turns to the other one and says, I mean, what hypocrites. Can you imagine if conservatives did this to liberals? And it was like, yeah, totally. They're hypocrites. And it's like, we love, you know, I mean, I'm just as guilty. I've probably done it a thousand times. Especially yeah. when I had to fill content for a you know radio program where you're just like, yeah, I mean it's low hanging fruit. They are hypocrites. You know, if if a Republican acted this way or a conservative acted this way, the media would you know excoriate them. But it's not even worth talking about anymore. It, it's just not because it gets us nowhere. Well, then you've got the libertarian version of that. At least it wasn't the government. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. He, he old... may have shot him in the head, but at least it wasn't the government. You know? Right. Right. Um, you know, it's it's a total joke. You're right. And that's why I say, like, Donald Trump's biggest accomplishment really was just exposing the system. So much came from that. It sounds like a simple term, but really it's not. So many things came out of that. So many Americans have been awoken to the realities of life in America today. You know, they had on the rose-colored glasses, and now a lot of people understand the deal more than ever. So I think just that alone has been tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a threat to the system. It's a threat they are hell-bent on stopping. Yeah, and here's a question. All these parents that have turned out to school board meetings and are standing against the anti-white critical race theory, that sort of thing, would there would they be doing this if Donald Trump hadn't had the election stolen from him? That would be my question. Um, I, I mean, there's no way to know. Something tells me there might be more people starting to get civically involved, knowing that 
you know, our national elections, you, people don't have the greatest confidence in them right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this this has got to be an opportunity to fix our elections and for people to get involved, whether it is the anti-white, anti-American critical race theory, um, whether it is the national elections and their integrity, whatever it may be, getting involved and running for uh, local school board elections. We've got to start rejecting this stuff. And uh, and I think that's a great start. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, um, speaking of like rhinos, did you see President Donald Trump's statement on uh, on Attorney General Bill Barr? And did you see this? I'm just curious. I saw the statement. Bill Barr, and we've talked about this for a long time on the show, Paul, was completely exposed as a tool of the deep state, a Bush flunky. And uh, and he's just. You no, know, no, no, hang on, hang on, Brad. Now, I remember Laura Ingram when she found out Bill Barr was going to be the next attorney general. She was just she told her audience that this was fantastic news. So you so you're, you're saying that Laura Ingram wasn't correct. <laughs> She's a bush flunky, too. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, we knew um, that Bill Barr was just there to run the clock out. Right. And even today, the Durham report. Where is John Durham? Who knows? Um, he's probably in in Mexico somewhere on vacation. I mean, the guy doesn't exist. There is no Durham report. There is no consequences for these folks. Period. Uh, so yeah, Bill Barr, uh, what a dirtbag this guy is—a corrupt dirtbag. He was literally uh, recommended by the Bushes to to Trump. I mean, that should have been your first clue. This is an awful idea, uh, but. That's exactly what they did. The establishment, this corrupt establishment, the Bushes, the Clintons, et cetera, you name it. uh, They put their people in to sabotage. You know, this was rigged from the beginning. And uh, it's such a shame to hear Bill Barr say, you know, they never believed that election fraud nonsense. You know, they never looked into that. Well, you know, he, so he goes on the CNN and, you know, basically, you know, trashes the idea of there being election fraud. And, and you know, it's interesting that he does this when we're all just waiting on eggshells for the Arizona audit or at least a preliminary report that report that's now we're told not going to come out. You know, we're going to have to wait even longer. That's fine. I, I'm fine with waiting on it. Um, but I mean, l- l- just real quick, th- this was a comprehensive slapdown from President Trump. Rhino former Attorney General Bill Barr failed to investigate election fraud and really let down the American people. Even the scam that took place in Georgia of ballot stuffing on camera, he couldn't see what was wrong with it. Just like he failed to understand the Horowitz report and let everyone down with respect to getting a timely investigation, where's Durham, on all the corruption of the Obama-Biden administration. By the way, the fact that Trump brought up Durham, there's some people that think that have charted the last couple times he's brought up Durham in a statement. Then we we actually get a little bit of Durham news. So some people are making that correlation that we may actually get some. Who knows? I mean, he, he was appointed a special prosecutor. And we do we do have the news that, you know, the gang of eight, the gang of eight. Some of these people have had their their electronic communications you talk about Tucker Carlson being spied on, but but legally spied on by the Justice Department in an investigation. I mean, whether there'll be any fruit to that with a you know with Garland in there, who knows? 
Anyway, Trump goes on. It's people in authority like Bill Barr that allow the crazed radical left to succeed. He and other rhinos in the Republican Party are being used in order to try to convince people that the election was legitimate when so many incredible facts have now come out to show conclusively that it wasn't. He came in. Listen, now, this is interesting. He came in with a semi bang and went out with a whimper. Earlier in his term, Bill Barr went ballistic, and I remember this, on CNN with Wolf Blitzer warning Democrats were changing election rules to flood the system with mail-in ballots and, as a matter of logic, are very open to fraud. They are, and Bill Barr did nothing about it. See, right there, Brad, I mean, the statement goes on, but I just love how Trump reminded me and, and, and reminded you know probably other people in the media, yeah, that's right, Bill Barr came out and said that there was— likely going to be fraud anyway because of what the Democrats had done and then said that there was nothing to see here. Yeah, I remember that interview very well. <laughs> you know, it just goes to show you what theater the entire thing was, right? You know, it was never sincere from the get-go. Um, you know, they they never intended to look into this. They never intended to be serious about warning the Democrats no, this was theater all along uh, to pacify Trump supporters so they, they could go through with the big plan to steal the election from him. That's it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, hey, in other news, Brad, um, Jen uh, Psaki, uh, <laughs> she has a new um, a, a new plan or, or Biden has a new plan. They they want to they want to place 500,000 Tesla charging stations in, quote, disadvantaged communities. You know, all those uh, poor communities where all those uh, are those free those free Teslas floating around out there. (laughs) Yeah. What a what a genius idea, man. Just when I think the Biden administration um, can't be any more stupid. uh, Well, you know, they kind of outdo themselves again. I mean, a, a Tesla is a very expensive car. I think, like, I, I mean, seriously, like, the lowest price model possible is about 40 grand. Like, the very bare bottom, worst type of Tesla you can buy. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sure a lot of people in disadvantaged neighborhoods are going to be taking out a loan to buy a Tesla. Or I don't know, maybe they just write a check. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see here. Car and Driver magazine reported in 2020 that the average cost for an electric vehicle remained over 19,000 more than its gasoline counterpart uh, at 55,600. So uh, anyway, that uh, so I guess the the charging stations are Tesla, but you don't necessarily have to have a Tesla. But still, I mean, come on, it's yeah. it's so tone deaf. It's it's well, ridiculous. And China owns the technical, the electrical components for, you know, these electrical cars that don't run on gas, right? So not only is there that aspect to it, but there's another aspect of now we're allowing China, who would never go in and, you know, interfere with components in a um, in an electrical system or technology. No, they would never do that. But now they could potentially even have control over your cars as well uh, with the right moves. So, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's unbelievable, but, uh, you know, look for that electric charging station coming to a ghetto near you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah you know, in, in the meantime, the FBI has hoisted a giant gay pride flag over their headquarters. Well, so that's be, because be they're encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. It's, isn't it funny how, you know, the most oppressed people we have to have this, you know, pride month. The system is literally promoting them. Right. There's a flag above the FBI building. So you literally have the system, the authority promoting LGBT plus. Right. So it, are you really oppressed when the system is promoting you? No, absolutely not. Um, it's the people you can't criticize that are the ones who have the most power. Yeah. You know, imagine telling the leftists back in 2003 when they were against the Iraq war and everything else that, you know, in, a, in less than 20 years, they're, they're going to be uh, their biggest allies. They're going to be the biggest cheerleaders of the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. Like they're going to be their biggest spokes. Uh, persons and defenders against all of those those agencies they would have never believed you but yet here we are yeah absolutely here we are speaking of here we are i don't know if you heard about this this was the end of last week but there was an unfortunate uh, fatal police shooting in portland oregon protesters gathered in the rose city surrounding officers and launching projectiles at them what do you think the Portland police did? Uh, well, in response to this gathering angry mob of Antifa and BLM rioters, Portland police issued the following statement. There is erroneous information being circulated on social media regarding in the officer-involved shooting in the Lloyd District. We can confirm that the subject involved is an adult white male. No one else was injured. Huh. So the Portland police essentially saying, you can stand down. It was just a white guy. <laughs> oh, man, that is pretty. That's man. That's pretty bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> nothing to see here. It was a white guy. Please don't riot. Please don't riot. Yeah, that's where oh, we're man. at. You even have the police departments, right? And we've talked about this. The most sacred institutions, law enforcement and military, et cetera, um, have all been infiltrated. And, and literally now the police who have been exposed as being just simply order followers, whether it's lawful or not. Uh, now they're saying, hey, hey, stand down. We're not going to, you know. Use force on you, we're afraid. We're not going to imprison you. And frankly, if we do, the charges will just be dropped anyway because, you know, that uh, Multnomah County DA is a George Soros special and he's dropping charges on the majority of these clowns. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to arrest you. No, no, no. Just but just stand down. It was it was a white person. It's OK. We're with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just that's where we're at. Yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess my question, same question to, you know, the NFL, to the teachers, you know, to the police officers. You know, I know we have seen, we have seen a record number of police officers just quit across the country. Um, you know, at what point, at what point do we have some sort of just who is John Galt moment? And, <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and I, I was just thinking, you know, for, uh, 
you know, Montana, the, the Montana attorney general has now banned critical race theory uh, in terms of teaching it in, in schools. Uh, also, you've got, you know, what's going on in Florida. So, you know, kind of on that uh, Ayn Rand, uh, Alice Shrugged idea, you know, you have you have people in positions of authority just demanding the most ridiculous things that everybody knows is just, you know, bullcrap. So what about these states that are going to stand up and eventually face some form of federal, you know, persecution or whatever, you know, losing funding? But when will there be a people to say enough's enough? I'm willing to move. You know, I'm willing to move here because this state is not going to promote, you know, discrimination, just outright discrimination. When, when does that happen? I mean, is it already happening? I suppose. But I mean, if, if you're a state right now and you need more, you know, taxpayers, now would be a great time to start, you know, promoting that you're not going to behave like California, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, New York, some of these other liberal crazy states. The system is troubling in a lot of ways. And one other way that I think is troubling, of course, is the entire pandemic. And so we've seen it all play out. I'm not going to rehash history, but now there is, you know, momentum increasing for the uh, COVID-19 Delta variant, which they're telling everyone, you know, it's just, you know, it's so dangerous, you know, in children, unlike the original COVID-19. So, oh, by the way, it's it's just a lot more contagious in general. So everybody's going to get it. It's dangerous for kids. You better get your kids vaccinated. But by the way, if you do that, be careful because now a couple of those vaccines have warnings with heart issues. So, you know, I think I'll be fine letting my child catch it if it happens and letting them recover like a normal person. But literally, they are, again, using fear to rule people, and it works. I mean, yeah. it it works. You know, that sort of security element um, that the Republican base has had for a long time, that, you know, strong military, strong defense, that sort of thing, that's worked for a long time. And it's the same principle here. You know, it's going to keep you safe. And in many ways, people feel, you know, ordinary folks, like they're doing something heroic, when in reality, they've just been push propaganda. And, and it's for a virus that overwhelmingly people are going to be fine if they catch and certainly children we know it's not very contagious in, and we know even if they do catch it that they're fine children are not dying from this uh but here comes the fear of porn there's already talk of lockdowns coming again and that's what i'm concerned about paul is this will be the next tool um to continue these lockdowns uh, to continue the financial government handouts. And I don't know if you saw this, but folks who are in certain income brackets now are going to get monthly payments, a child tax credit, as they call it. What it really is, is a UBI experiment, universal basic income. They're getting folks, basically, the government is getting folks to stay home and you know they're paying them uh, to stay home and they're getting paid per child. You know, depending on how old the child is, it's a different uh, it's a different financial amount. So it's just the whole thing is crazy. 
Uh, and I feel like this is all wrapping up to the great reset plan. And, and that's why we have to be locked down again. We have to really continue to destroy yeah. the economy. Well, get that dependence on government. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, the if, if they can succeed in locking us down again, you will have a lot more people, um, you know, dependent on the government. You know, I mean, it's the, the they, they know the argument, you know, if they make you stay home, then the government's kind of responsible for making sure you can eat if you if they're saying you can't go work and they shut down all the businesses again let me tell you what it really means the delta variant really means you're being punished for not getting vaccinated they don't have the numbers they want they're mad at you so they're trying to scare you with this baloney yet again now um you know, if you look at the, is it more contagious? I don't, I, first of all, you can't believe a single thing the government tells you on this. Wake up, people. You can't believe a single thing you read about it early on. You can't believe a single thing Anthony Fauci says, the CDC says, the HWO uh, or WHO. You can't believe a word out of their mouths. We've done this. We've been there. So that's what all this really means. But they're going to ramp up the fear porn as a punishment because you didn't get vaccinated. And that's what you need to know. Oh, they're, they're absolutely on track for that. And it's it's interesting because, you know, I've seen this in my local community as well, where, uh, you know, restaurants are literally operating at half staff. You know, they have, I'll give you an example. My wife and I went to uh, eat dinner. We wanted to go indoors and eat at a restaurant. And I won't name the restaurant, but the point is, it looked rather empty. It was a Saturday night. We expected it to be busy, but this was empty. And some of the other places are really busy, you know, people waiting outside and whatnot. So I was like, okay, well, this is this is good food and there's not a lot of people. So this would be really easy to get in and out. So we go in and and what we find out is it would be an hour wait. Um, and, and it's like, OK, this isn't, you know, you know, it's like the parking lot is not even 25 percent full. How can this possibly be an hour wait? And then it hit us. We came around the building and we saw all of these open tables with the chairs on top of them. Yes, because they didn't have the staff. They had to shut down half of the restaurant so people couldn't be seated. So they're operating at about half the size of the restaurant. Uh, and so they're losing business, et cetera. I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, there was a sign, we're now hiring competitive pay. And you see this everywhere. You see it at McDonald's, you see it everywhere. Ultimately, they're going to have to pay more money. That's the bottom line. And in particular, when you have people who are sitting at home and being paid to sit at home. And some of them are going to take a higher wage and go to back to work. And then some of them are, are leeches. Uh, and they are going to continue to stay at home as long as they can, as long as those handouts are coming. Um, so it's a very, very interesting situation in the long term. Again, I think it's going to be disastrous for restaurants and, you know, small businesses, et cetera. Uh, but then you got big corporations like Amazon who are saying, yeah, we'll pay you $15 an hour starting out. Well, of course, you know, they make a gazillion dollars. They can afford to do that. So it's just it's a very interesting situation. We're now seeing that come to local communities. Um, and then one of the ways I gauge problems is what I'm hearing, but not just what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing 
where I live, in my local communities, has the problem come there? What am I seeing on the ground compared to the alleged reality that I'm seeing on TV? And so, you know, these are the things I'm seeing in my local community now where they are just begging people to come to work. $500 if you get hired. $50 to come in for an interview. It's, it's um, you know, it's pretty interesting times in that regard. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and a lot of it, I mean, definitely small businesses have been affected, but I think the reason why you you have a, a, the messaging where it is, like even in the mainstream press, is because you have the chambers of commerce who are traditionally for your bigger government and giant corporations. It's actually the giant corporations that are upset that they're not, they don't have the labor force that they used to. Um, that's, it's another side to this, to, you know, to this whole equation. And, um, it, it's, it really is a disaster. I mean, on, on all sides and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens if they get their lockdowns again. I mean, if they, if they really do that again, and, and then, then it probably is like what you said, it, this is a path to get, you know, look, the bottom line is this. Do they want people to stay home and be dependent on the government? Absolutely. Do they like the fact that people with small businesses have disposable income and can support candidates like Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene? No, they hate it. And so the only way to get rid of that disposable income is to finish off the middle class. And then we'll never get a legitimate wild card choice again. You are exactly right. Uh, you know, and now the recommendation, I don't know if you heard officially once again, is to wear a mask and social distance. I, you can't make that up. And But that's, that's once again the recommendation. Uh, the WHO, they want you to, to wear a mask. And even if you're vaccinated, by the way. And socially distanced. <laughs> uh, so this is a total clown show. Um, and of course, now they're really pushing. Well, we're going to need a booster because of this Delta variant. Well, guess what? There's going to be a hundred variants. And you're going to get a lot of money. Big Pharma is, they are cashing out. I mean, this is what it's all about. They're making a ton of money on these booster shots for these different variants. You know, you're going to start needing every year for the rest of your life for the 99.9% virus. You know, that's the ironic thing when you actually break it down by age group. Overwhelmingly, people who are not in that retirement age, they have a 99.9% .9 chance of surviving, period. So, so we're literally, you know, we're, we're doing this for... Uh, you know, a, a tiny percentage of the population, even if you're in your 80s, Paul, you have a 90 percent chance of surviving COVID-19. I literally have a grandmother who is 86, who was on oxygen, who had three heart attacks and survived COVID-19. <laughs> that's a fact. That's good. I mean, that's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm glad. I mean. You know, with the vaccines and the, you know, they're different vaccines and they, uh, it seems like they, uh, silently do things to you in totally different ways. I mean, so who's to say, I, I think I read somewhere, Brad, where they like there, there's a concert. And if you had this brand of a vaccine, you could come in, but you had, if you had this one, you couldn't. 
I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. I mean, you know, it's 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 nuts. Um, it'd be a lot easier if they just had like a digital chip inside all of us and could just figure out, you know, what our biochemistry was 24 seven, you know, that would, that'd certainly make it a lot easier on a lot of these, uh, totalitarian freaks. <laughs> yeah. So that is certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, but as for this week, that is all the time we have. Paul, where can everyone reach you on social media? All right, I'm on Gab at Paul Harrell 1776. Also, please uh, follow the Worm podcast. Uh, that's W I R M podcast on Gab TV. And you can follow me, of course, on Gab at Brad Shepard. Paul, any final words of wisdom before we say goodbye? Uh, happy, uh, happy Fourth of July, everybody! Or happy Independence Day! Uh, enjoy the independence that we had and the independence that we will have again. Amen. Happy July 4th. Be proud to be an American. Stand up for what you believe in, and we will see you next week. 